from Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show, coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. This is your host, Jeff Marginian, from My Buddy Butch. And, of course, I'm here with Butch, who prefers to be called Santa Butch this time of year as one of Santa's helpers. So we have to call him Santa Butch and pretend that uh, we don't recognize him, okay? Because he's like an elf. He kind of looks like an elf if you really take a good look at him. Kind of like a gremlin. (laughs) Okay, well, enough of my banter. We have to get right moving. We have to get moving right quick because we have a lot to cover today. All right. Big Cat Week on National Geographic. Uh, The debut was December 6th, that week. But they have different weeks for different animals. You've seen it on National Geographic, uh, nationalgeographic.com. We are going to be talking with Beverly and Derek Jobert, who have been filmmakers uh, for National Geographic and, and others for over 25 years. Outstanding outstanding uh, work that they've been doing, won many awards, written many books and papers on the subject of not only big cats, but also ecology in uh, Africa. They've been to Botswana. They've been all over that continent. And uh, we're going to be talking with them. Also, Dr. Jennifer Jellison of Banfield Pet Hospitals. Uh, She's going to talk to us about Seasons of Supper, where Banfield has partnered with Meals on Wheels to make sure that pets get food Uh, when Meals on Wheels delivers to the elderly or whoever they're delivering to. This is a great program, and you can donate at your local PetSmart where there's a band field and make sure that the pets are getting their food. Also, Dr. Patrick Mahaney, our vet to the stars out in California, out in Hollywood, is going to join us. Talk to us a little bit about holiday pet safety. We also have some of the interviews from National Dog Show. It was on NBC, some of the contestants and their dogs. And also, I've got some cold weather tips for pets and animals coming up right after this. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. I felt a little out of place, but it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of OIF and OEF vets who've got your back here just like they did over there. So now, I'm never alone. I can get the resources I need and talk to tons of people who understand where I'm coming from. Whether it's navigating the GI Bill or VA hospitals, managing the transition home, or meeting people you can share stories with, you'll find it at IAVA.org. Even, Even if, if it's, it's just, just everyday, everyday stuff, stuff, like getting tips on where to find a nice sweater for my dog. Did he just say sweater? that? <laughs> really? What? Okay, maybe not that, but everything else. No matter where you are, 
Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Derek and Beverly Jobert are award-winning filmmakers from Botswana who have been National Geographic Explorers in Residence since 2006. They've been filming, researching, and exploring in Africa for more than 25 years. And their coverage of unique predator behaviors resulted in 22 films, 10 books, 6 scientific papers, and many articles for National Geographic magazine. They're part of the upcoming Nat Geo Wild Big Cat Week starting Monday, December 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Derek and Beverly, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. My goodness, I'll tell you, uh, 25 years doing this type of work. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have coming up for us on Nat Geo Wild uh, for Big Cat Week. Well, we're starting off um, with a film called Big Cat Odyssey, which is really um, an odyssey of ours as well as the cats. We've been working on lions and leopards for 28 years now, Mm -hmm. and over that period of time, we have captured um, some scenes that we feel incredibly privileged to have caught, purely because they are so unique and have never been filmed before. But what we're now doing in Big Cat Odyssey is we're looking and analyzing these particular scenes and how we can protect the animals of today. Because in our lifetime, the lions and leopards have declined 95% in Africa. Wow. And, and that's just our lifetime. You're talking like the past... 50 years, really. Okay, the past 50 years. And that's... A, that's devastating i mean to to think that we don't take better care of our ecology and what's going on in africa is it's very hard to regulate isn't it well it is it's uh, it's tough it's a slippery slope but but if we don't do something about it now um we will lose these big cats in the next 10 or 15 years mm-hmm. um and that's why we're so pleased about having the opportunity next week in the in the Big Cat Week with National Geographic Wild to look at a whole lot of these things. So it's not just Big Cat Odyssey, this film. There are a number of films out during the week, obviously, looking at behavior, looking at the conservation behind this. And it really is a sort of intensive week looking at, at big cats from all, all aspects. So, and I imagine because you've been so involved in it for, for this many years, you know, 25, 27 years, that it's very passionate for you. Well, it is, you know. It's sometimes it borders on obsession, obviously, but um, uh, we are very, very passionate about this, and we sort of determined that the big cats are not going to disappear on our watch. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and I guess the first step of that, just like any type of conservation or any kind of awareness, is getting the word out, spreading the word, making sure people become aware of this, because... You know, all around the world, in the hustle and bustle of everyday life and everything, people forget that these these types of things are happening. Species are are disappearing. Um, they're they're coming under uh, attack uh, from from outside forces and human encroachment. And you folks have uh, recently expanded into conservation tourism, right? That is right, yes. We've got a company called Great Plains. 
And we only went into it purely because we could see the devastation happening. Uh, vast tracts of land with iconic species were incredibly vulnerable. And after 25 years of speaking out, we felt like we were really banging our head against a brick wall. And so it, the only way was to take action, lease those vast tracts of land, and then they had to be turned into being sustainable, otherwise they wouldn't work. So we work with communities, we work with governments, and um, I can tell you that it, uh, so far it's working, and we're hoping to be a catalyst, um, you know, in this field to help other, uh, other companies see the advantage and, and start protecting vast tracts of land everywhere, actually, not only in Africa. Mm -hmm. And your, is your passion strictly with big cats, or are you looking at the whole ecology, the whole, uh, naturally, if you're preserving tracts of land, you're looking at the whole uh, ecology and the whole um, yes. flora and fauna and everything else that's in those areas, right? Well, the, the great thing is that, yeah, if you look after the big cats, and, and by default they need big tracts of land, and at the moment we're ha we have about um, 1.5 million acres that we're, that we're leasing and taking care of. Mm -hmm. um, uh, by default, again, you, they, it's good for the elephants, it's good for leopards, good for cheetah and, uh, and rhinos, all sorts of things in there. So uh, it really does take care of everything. We sort of feel that the, the big cats are the, are the driving force of the engines in these ecosystems. And so if you focus on them, uh, a whole lot of other things come together nicely. Yeah, actually, and with your experience, you would know this. You you would have seen this over the past 25, 30 years uh, of your experience in filmmaking, books. You know, wow. I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a it's a deep passion. It's a love for you to do this. What do you think over your careers, both of you, has been? Uh, is there any? I guess one project or two projects, aside from what you're currently doing, which is out absolutely outstanding, uh, that really kind of sticks out in your mind as, as one of your, maybe a catalyst uh, of the passion that you now have for the ecology? Well, there's a film that we did um, sort of 2000, 2001, and it's, it's extended over a three-year period, and that's called Eye of the Leopard. We had a chance, and we were incredibly privileged, to spend three long years with this little leopard. But watching her, documenting her, and being part of her life, and actually to the point that she had totally acknowledged that we were part of hers as well, just by the various interactions, I think she was a catalyst for both Derek and I to have these major discussions on how unique these individual animals are and that they definitely needed protecting. And so without a doubt, that film launched us into being m more ambassadors and, and being advocates and speaking out about, you know, we have to protect them now, otherwise we won't um, have them in the next um, sort of 20 years. Mm -hmm. And you are... Now, you, your work, your body of work over, over these years has resulted in Emmys, Peabody Awards, World Ecology Awards, uh, things of this nature, and uh, American Academy uh, uh, induction into the American Academy of Achievement. These types of things are, I would guess, they're important because it, it's recognizing your work as not only um, 
conservationists and and documentarians, but also uh, as artists. Okay, but I'm guessing that these are kind of affirmations of the work that you're doing. Not something that you necessarily pursue, but it's just something that's saying, you know, you're doing a good job, keep doing what you're doing, and does it give you kind of encouragement to move forward in, in the direction that you've been headed? Well, I think it does, you know, um, and some have more importance than others. Um, it's great to win an Emmy Award, and uh, I think what that does on the creative level, it really does give you a thrust forward. Um, not that it you know, does much for your career, but it gives you the confidence to, to go forward and to, and to keep trying new things. Um, because it's what it is, is the industry saying you are you are heading in the right way. Push the boundary more. For that's what how we take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, joining the Academy of Achievement, for instance, is, opens up a whole new network, and it exposes you to to young achieving kids, and it, it uh, allows you to talk to them and and share ideas and be challenged by them as well. So it's 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 hugely invigorating to to get some of these things and to be part of these uh, these groups of people. I think, though, that for us, we spend so much time living in the bush by ourselves that uh, that you can we can easily lose touch. You know, we can sort of stay there for years and years at a time and, and not be sure that the direction that we've chosen is the right one. Mm-hmm. And so what all these things do really is, is just send us a, a signal that, uh, that every now and again we might be on the right track. Outstanding. Yeah, I guess you would need to you know, kind of reacclimate yourself, see where your see where your work is fitting in, and everything. And you mentioned a, a, a very important thing that we talk about a lot here on the show, and what that is, um, if you had advice to give to a young person who is interested in doing the type of work that you're doing, I imagine it's a pretty select few. And we have interviewed a lot of people who've done work for National Geographic, and it's it's. It's a small community of people who do this type of work. What kind of advice can you give to somebody, a youngster, who says, hey, you know, I think I want to get involved in that type of thing? Well, I think that um, as we cast around and and, and look at the the people that we know and and their kids and and some kids that we know, generally discovering that passion, that one thing that you're really inspired by is is the first step and probably the biggest step. I think with so much clutter in the world today, it's very confusing for young people and they they don't know what it is that, that really excites them and fires them up. And I think that the minute you find that, and I don't think you should rush it, you should find out what it is and then hang on to it. And uh, as I started off saying that for us, it's almost an obsession and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you can be obsessed about these these uh, these things that one does, whether it's creative, whether it's conservation, whether it's filmmaking. I think that you really have to specialize in it and, and go where your heart is. Great. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's great advice. Um, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Derek and Beverly, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Before you leave, though, I want you to... Uh, is, is there anywhere online people can find you, uh, your company, maybe some of the photos, things like that? Absolutely. Um, we have a, a website 
that, that the National Geographic are using, and it's, it's uh, www.causeanuproar.org. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have a personal website, which is wildlifeconservationfilm.com. Wildlife Conservation Boom? Films. Oh, films. Sorry, that is just my accent. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not your accent. That's that's the phone line, I think. No, no, no. She's been in the bush way too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Derek and Beverly, the best of luck to you. Thanks so much for being with us. And all your information and these websites are going to be up on our After Show blog where people can go and, and see the work that you're doing. Um, you know, God bless you. Keep doing it. We're going to be watching on National Geographic, and we're going to check your websites out. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having us. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. (laughs) Every year, more than 4,000 people die and 20,000 are injured in fires across the country. 300 of these deaths tragically involve children under the age of five. Did you know that two-thirds of fires that kill children younger than five are in homes that do not have a smoke alarm. Smoke alarms save lives, and they should be placed on every floor and in every bedroom of a home. Fire deaths are preventable, so USFA and CPSC are working together to help reduce fire-related deaths. Fires occur every day in every community. Families need to be prepared, have a fire escape plan, know where to meet, and parents and caregivers should help get the children out of the house. And have a working smoke alarm. If it is more than 10 years old, get a new one. Check the batteries twice a year and make sure to change them at least once a year. Take action and plan today. It may just save a life tomorrow. Little Christmas music, uh, Christmas bumper music. This is Tina Lambert. This is from the CD and Acapella Noel. Very nice. Actually, this is not a bad uh, CD if you want to take the family caroling to sing along with this. That was the original uh, idea behind this CD. So anyway, that was uh, Beverly and Derek uh, Jobert, great filmmakers for National Geographic. And Big Cat Week debuted on on December 6th, but it is uh, going to be replayed uh, in the subsequent coming weeks. Keep your eye on National Geographic channel uh, and on the web also nationalgeographic.com okay briefly I want to touch on a little bit on some cold weather tips Um, if you feed the birds a lot of people have a great hobby feeding the birds Um, you have to feed them throughout the whole winter if you start feeding them they've found a food source they want to stay with that food source and if you take that away in the winter they're going to not likely survive have a very difficult time finding another food source okay so don't take that away continue to feed them throughout the winter and also a bird bath um, a source of water you know many animals including birds just because there's snow out there you know if you get thirsty when you're running outside you don't grab a mouthful of snow and that's going to quench your thirst okay you have to keep some uh water out there for them to drink many animals get dehydrated believe it or not in the cold weather even with 10 feet of snow out there so yes uh please try and have some sort of form of of heating uh for the water to keep it from freezing into a block of ice okay now 
For those of you who have dogs, like to continue that dog walk throughout the winter, it's a great idea. It's a great exercise and everything. But be mindful that if you're walking on the roads and even the sidewalks, there's a lot of that rock salt. The road salt is out there and everything else. Now, they have the booties that you can buy, the little boots <laughs> for the dogs. Some people don't like those. Other people, you know, or the dogs don't like them either. In some cases, they won't wear them. It's hard for them to get them on. Uh, you can use baby oil. Put some baby oil on the pads and some baby powder. Forms a barrier against that, okay? Um then, you know, be sure to wash, you know, wash off the feet when you get home. Otherwise, they're going to try, you know, track it into your house on your carpets and everything. But uh, the baby oil will keep uh, and the powder will keep it from keep this road salt from burning. And you want to check their feet anyway so that you make sure no salt has gotten in between their toes. That can cause a bad burn for them and be very uncomfortable. Also, cats outside. This time of year, frozen ears, frozen tails, frozen feet. And your dog will play outside as long as you absolutely want him to, and it might not be healthy. It's up to you to make sure you're the responsible one and get him inside quick. We love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Tina Lambert has one of the most beautiful voices that I've worked with as a producer in the last 20 years. Of course, this is Silent Night, and it's from an album that I produced, An Acapella Noel by Tina Lambert. You can pick up your copy today at Amazon.com and also at CDBaby.com. The Chronicle is our free newsletter. You can sign up for that at mbbradio.com or mybuddybutch.com. Also, email butch, butch at mybuddybutch.com with your questions and any other information or actually share some tips with us. Share some of your experience with your pets and animals that uh, we can help other people out with. Love to share on the show everybody's experience. Also, wanted to mention the My Buddy Butch Extra, where we cover news, kind of an index of the show, and anything that uh, we can cover during the week. So that's Thursday nights, 7 o'clock, mbbradio.com. Check us out there. And after this break, we are going to have Dr. Jellison with us. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show with your host, Jeff Marginian, on the MBB Radio Network. And now, the My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. All right, we're here with Dr. Jennifer Jellison, and she's better known as Dr. J. She's the chief of staff at Banfield Pet Hospital at PetSmart in North Canton, Ohio. And Dr. Jennifer, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? Well, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're freezing as I know you are, too. Yeah, it's very, very cold. Um, we um, are waiting for warm weather, but, you know, in Ohio, that may be April. So I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. going to have cold feet until April. There we go. There we go. I, I know. Well, I'll tell you, I imagine that the uh, the animals there at the pet hospital probably keep you hopping. <laughs> they do. They do. I'm here with my best friend for the holidays. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
I get him out every year, and every time somebody makes a food donation, I make him do that. Oh, that's fantastic. Sounds like a party over there. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a good time. <laughs> Everyone is tired of him already except me. Oh, but I, well. I think he's pretty cute. That's great. Well, you have to have, you have, to have the fun. Yep, that's now, right. That's spe- right. Speaking of the donations, you were with us a few weeks ago, and we talked about uh, season, the season for supper. Supper for season... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just I can take you. it away? Why don't you just, <laughs> just take it away? <laughs> it's called the Seasons of Supper Campaign, and it is conjunction of Banfield the Pet Hospital with Meals on Wheels of America. Um, it's its fifth year, and it's running this year through December 31st. And what we're trying to do is actually raise food and donations for pets of Meals on Wheels recipients. So a lot of times, because our pets are our best friends, what we end up doing is uh, giving them everything we have, and the Meals on Wheels recipients will actually give their meals to their pets rather than see them go hungry. So we raise food, we raise money, and it is a great, great program because everything you raise stays in the local community that you're in. And 100%, which you hardly ever hear, 100% of all the money and donations actually goes to feed these pets. So for me, it's... It's the reason to play that little song every year. There you go. And as, mu- and as many times as absolutely possible. That's right. That's right. <laughs> every so. time a donation you see comes in. Yep, and I never tire of it. This is one of my personal favorite campaigns to be involved with. We have, um, to date, $25,000 that has been donated. Wow. And you can do that either directly at Banfield inside PetSmart, or you can actually go to the website, and all you click on, it's not hard at all, Donate Now. Mm-hmm. And $30 will pay for enough food for a dog for a month. So it's, it's a great way to, um, you know, really feel good about what you're doing and, and kind of give back. Right. Now, sh- these are, to reiterate what you said, these are meals that are going to people with Meals on Wheels. The, exactly. For the elderly, for people who can't get out and around. And as we know, with the weather the way it is at this point, um, it's very difficult for people to get out. Uh, especially older people who can't get around very well and that have pets. It is. It's, um, you know, this time of year it's cold, it's slippery, and quite frankly we tend to spend what money we do have on other people. So we, we don't take care of ourselves as much as we should, and, mm-hmm. and the elderly and the homebound at Meals on Wheels services are, are certainly part of that. And they, you know, some of them, their only companion is their pet. So we have to remember that they get so much from those pets and, and they're so, you know, in love with them and they're so valuable that they would rather go hungry themselves. So, sure, sure. you know, we want to make sure the elderly get their good food and we want to make sure that their pets get food as well. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things is, and we try and push this throughout the year with our rescues that we talk to all over the country, is, uh, you know, I ask them if, they're, if they have programs um senior for senior like older pets for older people mm-hmm. and so you know on the other end of this it really helps people keep uh pets in their homes and it helps the rescue shelters by not having uh the people not having to give their pets up 
realize that pets give to us. And, you know, I really feel we're kind of obligated to give back to them. Sure, absolutely. Now, if people going into PetSmart, if they would just pick up an extra can whatever, yeah. what, or an extra bag of food or an extra uh, some cat food or or whatever and drop it, you know, in, in the in the area there where it's designated for this. It, it doesn't cost anything, you know. I mean, it's not that expensive for an extra few cans of food or a big bag of food. Um, even other types of animals that, and we talked about this last time you were on, um, you know, maybe some bird seed or maybe some other types of food for some uh, people in their local areas. People can call uh, their local Meals on Wheels and find out what kind of pets that their people have that they're delivering to and donate that way also just to make sure that they're getting a lot of stuff now dr j it's always great to talk to you i look forward to the next time you take care okay you too thanks a lot Uh uh-huh merry christmas you too bye-bye bye-bye i'm marie osmond choices some are minor others life-changing But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. Boy, she's a lot of work. I don't think we were prepared for this when we decided to have her. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah, like getting her house broken. Naturally curious and eager to learn, puppies can't teach themselves. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes and help your puppy become the very best she can be. A message from the American Kennel Club and new puppies everywhere. It's time for the My Buddy Butch Vet Topic of the Week. Investigating the best pet care from coast to coast. Okay, we're with Dr. Patrick Mahaney. He's our vet to the stars out at California Pet Acupuncture and Wellness. Dr. Patrick, how you doing out there in Hollywood on this below zero day here in Ohio? Jeff, I am great out here in Southern California. I have to say it's not as balmy as one would expect. It's a, it's a little bit chilly. It definitely starts to feel like winter here, too. Uh-huh. Heading into the holiday and everything, everybody's feeling Christmassy. Absolutely. Getting ready for, uh, for the holidays with, uh, with family and friends and pets and certainly trying to do our best to keep pets safe during the holiday season as well. That's great. Now, okay, we're heading into the holidays here. We're just coming out of Thanksgiving um we're heading into uh, christmas new year's now tell us a little bit about your experience with holiday foods that some pets may have gotten a hold of Uh, well um, certainly it all kind of starts right around halloween and then it just kind of escalates through thanksgiving and hanukkah and christmas and new year's it's just kind of one party event after another where we have these uh festive foods that are brought as gifts or just as, as special occasion type items for for um, for families and, and friends and so certainly uh, one of the most common things I end up seeing is pets eating things that they shouldn't they can do some counter surfing and end up eating something off the counter they get into the trash or 
gift bags or boxes are brought over and pets uh, do some diving into there and eat stuff that they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the main ones that we see, which probably is one of the most toxic directly, at least, is, is chocolate mm -hmm. and, um, and its toxic effects on dogs. So mm -hmm. that's probably the most popular toxicity that I'm seeing right now. <laughs> now, have you had any particular cases in lately? Oh, it's, it's funny you should say that. I have had a, a couple really interesting chocolate toxicity cases varying in very mild severity from eating just a couple bites of milk chocolate to more of an extreme condition with a pet, a particular labradoodle actually that comes to mind that had eaten a pound of dark chocolate-covered English toffee. Oh. So not only do we have the toxic effects of chocolate, but we end up having secondary effects of the sugar and fat. Um, not gonna, the sugar and fat that's in the toffee is, and in the chocolate isn't going to necessarily be directly toxic, but it does tend to cause some digestive upset like vomiting or diarrhea, which can lead to other problems like dehydration. But certainly the chocolate is the main culprit here and, and the most likely to cause life-threatening problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some of the uh, symptoms that you may see other than, you know, melted chocolate smeared all over the floor and paw prints. <laughs> right. Oh, we, I, I, we see that all the time, too. People come home and they're like, oh, my God, a bomb exploded. And yeah. Everything's a big mess, and sometimes they don't know if it's chocolate or if it's diarrhea, so they have to use their uh, their sight and their, their smell to figure <laughs> it out. Uh, but certainly uh, chocolate contains a variety of stimulant substances, all related to caffeine. They're called methyl xanthines. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the dogs don't have the, the proper ability to process it in their liver like people do. And so they tend to feel the effects from those stimulants at much smaller quantities. And so literally, they will become stimulated to the point where they're acting more agitated. They can seem restless and they maybe can't uh, go from a standing to laying down position. There can be shaking, just a generalized shaking. Mm. Um, occasionally, the effects of the chocolate will make them have vomiting or diarrhea. Um, mm. it, it, it speeds up the movement of the digestive tract, so pets can start to produce their normal poop more frequently or have diarrhea. And then certainly some of the more concerning effects is when it causes the heart rate to beat more quickly. And even more concerning is when it gets to the point that the rhythm of the heart becomes abnormal. There can be an elevated heart rate and an abnormal rhythm. And, that, and when that happens, the heart isn't able to function as well, so it doesn't pump blood around the body as well as it should. And even muscle like the heart itself will suffer. It doesn't fill up the blood. So it can potentially be lethal to some pets. Okay, now... These types of things, uh, you know, with chocolates and other types of foods and even some plants, and we'll talk about that in, in a couple seconds, but it's a general, you know, your dog throughout the year and how it acts, but when you see it acting peculiar, suspect that it's eaten something it shouldn't have, it's a good idea to call the vet right away. Absolutely. I mean, if, if they're showing any clinical signs of illness, if there's a suspicion that they've consumed something like chocolate, I would absolutely give a call. Um, whenever, whenever there's a concern for, say, something like chocolate toxicity, um, I always reference a certain chart that's provided by the um, Animal Poison Control Center. And really, depending on if the pet consumed milk chocolate, dark chocolate, baker's chocolate, which um, are increasing in toxicity from milk to baker's chocolate, 
we then determine if the pet has consumed a potentially toxic dose based on its weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like if you come home and you see that Butch has consumed a huge bar of special dark Hershey's chocolate that's <laughs> equal to a pound, that's going to be toxic to his body, and he needs, he's going to need to get some treatment right away. All right. Now, how about cats, felines? Cats, um, cats interestingly enough, I, I've never seen a case of chocolate toxicity in cats. Um, they, uh, and so... I, I can't speak with authority as to if they are as sensitive to dogs, but for the most part, I'm pretty aware of them not being as sensitive. Okay, okay. Well, how about some other things? Uh, we have a couple minutes left here. How about some other things around the house this time of year with the holidays, Christmas and everything? Everybody's pulling the decorations and everything out. Uh, the animals are seeing and actually giving and receiving of different types of plants and things Ab- that are new. Go ahead. Certainly. I mean, I'm, in the holiday season, we and I often like to give plants as a gift anyway. And so um, when we have parties and things to attend, sometimes plants will be, uh, plants will be brought over as a, as a festive present. And that's going to be interesting to the cat or dog, and that could lead them to deciding they want to take a little taste of it. So probably the most common plant that we see, see given around the holiday season is the poinsettia. And the fortunate thing is that it's really not as toxic as people tend to think. Um, it always has received such a bad rep, so to speak, for being toxic to dogs and toxic to cats. And certainly when it's consumed, the plant material itself can potentially make a pet sick. It can cause some localized irritation to the mouth. That will lead to salivation and vomiting and things like that. But it's not necessarily going to cause failure of the kidneys liver or other organ systems mm-hmm. so that's a good thing <laughs> yeah absolutely how about some of the more toxic type plants well certainly we have to be concerned about uh, about things like holly and mistletoe um, mm-hmm. the, there are parts of the plants that can potentially be toxic and cause salivation vomiting diarrhea unusual behaviors and things like that so in general we want, we want to do our best to keep any type of festive plant elevated and out of our pet's reach. And, of course, a lot of us who celebrate Christmas end up bringing a tree into our house. Mm-hmm. It's covered in lights. It's covered in tinsel. There may be water that's um, feeding the tree. Mm-hmm. And so we want to just really do our, our best to keep our pets away from that. I, I, I hear about a lot of dogs going and drinking Christmas tree water, and some dogs are absolutely fine, but others get very sick just because that, that water can harbor things like fertilizer that's, Right, right around the tree base, sure. it can harbor bacteria that can potentially make your dog really sick. So um, I have unfortunately had to treat my fair share of toxicities from dogs drinking Christmas tree water. So create a barrier. Don't let your pet near that water. Absolutely. Thanks for talking to us, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Dr. Patrick Mahaney, you can catch him at patrickmahaney.com. And also... One additional note is decorations, Christmas bulbs and things like that hanging from a tree. You don't want to have your pet biting down on one of those things, so be sure and keep them out of reach. It's the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show with your hosts Jeff Marginian and Butch. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Some students are tackling more than just their schoolwork, which is why more than 30% of them aren't graduating. But with a boost from you, 100% of them will have a better chance to make it to graduation. Go to BoostUp.org to find out how to give the high school students in your community the boost they need to make it through. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Butch and I hope you're having a great holiday weekend, getting enough to eat, and hope you got the presents that you wanted. 
So stay with us. After this next break, we're going to come back with the interviews from the National Dog Show in Philadelphia right here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Okay, I talked too much, and we ran a little bit longer than I thought we were going to. We are going to get to some of these interviews now from the National Dog Show, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Here we go. Okay, and I'm here with... Tara Martin-Rowell. Tara, and where are you from? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Wow, okay. And who's this? This is JoJo. JoJo. And what type of, what breed is JoJo? JoJo's a Maltese. Okay. And you're getting ready to be on television. Yes, we are. Well, congratulations. Best in breed. Yes, yes. And how long has he been showing? JoJo just became a champion yesterday, but she finished undefeated, and she's from Italy. Italy. Yes. Wow. She that's... does not speak English. No, no English. <laughs> no English. Nope. Aww. So she is just oblivious to all the talk and everything going on. Pretty much. You speak Italian? I speak a little Italian. I know, I know certain words to say. What do you know? I know ciao and ferma means stay. Bellissimo is beautiful. Brava is good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, that's great. Congratulations to you and JoJo, all the way from Italy. Thank you very much. What part of Italy? Perugia. Perugia, really? Okay. It's just north of Rome. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well, the best of luck to you. We'll be looking forward to seeing you on TV. Thank you very much. Okay. It was fun talking to Tara, and we're going to have her on the show in the future to talk to us a little bit about how dogs come from other countries to be in our dog shows here. Westminster National Dog Show, uh, Ukanuba AKC Championship. Here's another one. And your name is? Karen Stickle. Karen Stickle. And where are you from? Jefferson, New Jersey. Jefferson, New Jersey. I understand. Congratulations are in order. Who is this? This is Mr. Simply A. Mason, who is a Leon Burger. Uh-huh. And how much does he weigh? He weighs 150 pounds. <laughs> He's a big boy. Congratulations to you, and you are going to be heading out into the show ring. You'll be on TV. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so the Leon Burger, people should be looking for the Leon Burger on Thanksgiving Day. And how, how many has he won? Uh, he actually was number one last month, and uh, he's got a bunch of other titles, and my female took best of opposite today. Oh, okay. So you're a double winner today. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Interesting. The Leon Burger uh, was in the working group, okay? This is one of the breeds that was just added this year by the AKC. This breed gets its name from its original hometown, Leonberg, Germany. The Leonberger is a larger, multi-purpose dog, and it's great with kids and elderly people, making it a great therapy dog. Okay. Here's another one. All right, and we're here with... JB Lamphere. JB, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, and who do we have here? This is Sonny, a Portuguese water dog. Oh, he's a Portuguese water dog. Hi, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> he says hi. <laughs> okay, and are you guys waiting to show? Yes, we are, in the breed ring. In the breed ring. And how have you done uh, so far to get here? Um... Well, he actually has not shown at all this year. Last year, he showed a lot, and he was top 20 Portuguese water dog. Um, pretty good. And yes. hopefully he'll win today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the best of luck to you. And how long have you been showing? Um, my first dog show was when I was 
two weeks old, and I stepped in the ring when I was four years of age. You were in the ring since you were four years old, and how how long, how much experience do you have now? That's about years? 14 years. Wow. So you're a seasoned veteran at this, aren't you? Yes, sir. Wow. Well, congratulations to you and best of luck. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. It's really fun to see the young people getting involved in this. The parents get them involved at an early age, and they stick with it, and they really do well. Um, I'll tell you what. Butch is telling me it's almost time to go here, so uh, we're going to have more of these interviews. I promise we will get through the rest of them uh, next time around. So in the meantime, check us out at mbbradio.com. Don't forget to sign up for the free Chronicle newsletter. Pick up a copy of My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad, and send Butch an email with your questions or comments or stories at butch at mybuddybutch.com. 